Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I am your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I am your Herd Mom, Megan. And today we have a fun episode ahead. Uh, today we are taking turns, uh, well, I, I'm talking to uh, one, you're, you're joining me to talk to another, yes. but we're, uh, we're talking to some other fan creators out there, other uh, fans of Star Wars and, and just uh, cool things yeah. who have merged that with their passions and hobbies and uh, do that on a regular basis mm -hmm. and are just awesome about it. And, um, you know, I mean, that's essentially what we've done. That's why we have yeah. a podcast. And so we wanted to use that podcast uh, to sit down, chat with them, and kind of share their journeys and experiences. Because uh, maybe someone on the other side of this microphone is debating on doing something. Like, I love crafting and I love Star Wars what can I do with it or I love talking about Star Wars and that's it mm -hmm. and I want to start a podcast whatever like the point being that if you're on the other side of this and you love Star Wars and you have things uh you enjoy doing as well mm -hmm. hobbies creatives and whatnot and you're looking to merge those and share those uh then hopefully uh us sitting down with um couple of awesome people who do that on a regular basis might encourage you, might yeah. give you some ideas, might uh, give you a look into the journey a little bit. And uh, also, it's just fun. Um, you know, we talk about how they came to Star Wars and their favorite things and all. It, it, mm -hmm. we, we're just also happy just to talk uh, yeah. Star Wars, so that's cool. Um, but today, uh, and, and this will be a, a kind of new semi-regular segment, you know, um, these two uh, instances uh, kind of fell in our laps, and so here we are. Um, but we're, we enjoyed it so much, and we uh, want to do it again. Uh, so who knows? We might message you say, hey, you want to spot on the show? You want to <laughs> come on? Or if you are yourself a fan creator already or something like that, uh, and, and you'd like to share that, uh, just reach out to us, um, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, all that stuff. we got long arms. We can enfold you. <laughs> Um, but today we are talking to Megan Rickards, who operates her own uh, blog. Um, she covers both nerdy stuff, Star Wars yeah. stuff, and she also has a personal blog. And she's also a complete sweetheart. She is, and um, she loves Star Wars. And we're also talking to Curtis, uh, who uh, more people would know as Star Wars Poet, uh, or Star Wars Poetry, on various social medias. Yes. He shares little uh, Star Wars poetry bits that are just cute and funny. Uh, and just entertaining, and um, so yeah, we sit down, talk to them about their Star Wars journey, yeah. their creator journey, and uh, share that with you in hopes that maybe it's inspiring, yeah. maybe it's entertaining, maybe it's encouraging, who knows, mm -hmm. um, but hopefully it leads you somewhere. I mean, hopefully all of our shows do something in your feely bits where you're just like, Ew. I like that, and... But your I, brain feely bits. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> Come on. Goodness. This is family friendly. Nasty. Get out of the Don't gutters. Don't say something nasty. I, it, there was nothing nasty about it except right. what was insinuated. Alright. Uh, I was talking about, like, equivalent to the cockles of your heart. Okay, that's better. Uh, to the, the knees of your bees. In uh, your butterfly sack. If um, we just got quiet for a second... 
I was concerned because we we have a skeleton that we keep around the house. Yeah, everyone has one in the closet somewhere. Absolutely, but ours is on full display. Ours is Oot in a boot. Oot in a boot. His name is Keith, and his arm just like sunk a half foot. Uh, that's called gravity. And I was concerned because <laughs> I just saw him Here, move. I'll kick him. Uh, Stop okay. kicking Keith. Uh... Yeah, so Sorry. hopefully all of our shows, <laughs> just quality content, guys. Just quality. All of our shows uh, and all the quality content tickle your cockles of the heart and uh, your butterfly sack and all your feely bits. Just all your all your warm feely bits where you're just like, I feel better because of these two weirdos, or I am encouraged because of these two weirdos, or I am I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, the two important C words. When you think of Nerd Herder, you think of concerned and confused. <laughs> yeah. But uh, especially this show. Yeah. You know, where we where you get to share those journeys. Oh my gosh, you guys subscribe for just the best content, I you swear. You do. Like my brother, uh, two of my brothers even, have told me before, like, I we've really been enjoying the show, you guys are doing a great job. And in my mind, I just how? think, how? <laughs> They've secretly li- been listening to uh, Force Center podcast. Yeah, right. And they just don't. They don't even know who we are. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. Hopefully, everybody enjoys it. Uh, we we enjoy everything we do. I don't yeah. know about you guys. <laughs> By the way, hi Justin, hi Josh, hi Ryan, hi Ryan. Those are my brothers. Go tuck in those kids. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's our show. That's what's ahead. Those are all pre-recorded. Uh, that's why we're able to say now, hey, we had fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say, don't be concerned about me in the second interview. I wasn't feeling well, yeah. so I didn't say much. Uh, it's, we did all of, yeah, well, oh yeah, so that was with Curtis, we had, so it was a full day of work, yep. and then... Full day, or, you had a full day of work, I was packing all day. Well, and then we both packed, and, and I then got a we recorded... Headache. Yeah, we recorded one show already. We recorded a Clone Wars rewatch, and then we recorded with Curtis. Yeah. Uh, so Still, it was a full day. Great, great interview. <laughs> we had a lot of fun talking to him. Oh yeah, oh it's yeah. It's just understand. Um, we were I mean, a little out of it. You know, that's just a that's a peek behind the curtain. Um, that is that is yeah. the man behind the machine, yeah. uh, or well, man and woman behind the machine. Yeah. Uh, just got a lot going on, but um, you know, that's what caffeine is for. Yeah. And, and we have caffeine today. The new Child's Play episode's coming up soon. I promise. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm the one that leads the charge on that, and I've been packing all day. I usually do all the research and writing the script. It's been rough. <laughs> well, we've had other issues outside of that, and yeah. it, it's just kind of been... It's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it if will you, be if out you, sometime. If you listen to our second podcast, yay... Uh, that'll be out sometime this week. Uh, if you don't listen to our second podcast, we already have two episodes up, so you can go check that out. It's mm-hmm. Unmasked Podcast, and we, we've actually shared it a couple times, so you can actually go to our Twitter and, uh, look it up, actually, and check mm-hmm. that out. But anyway. Yep. So yeah, lots going on, guys. Uh, so thanks for being patient with us, and thanks for putting up with our craziness. Thanks for just listening, because we're weirdos. Like, Thank you for being a Why friend. would you normally freely subject yourself to this? I'll be there for you. Um... Did you just, like, clap yourself? Like, no. applaud yourself? I said I'll be there for you, and then I went... Which is the wrong place in the song, but still. Okay. Well, we have some news. Private eyes. They're watching you. Oh my gosh. That's not the news. <laughs> um, but we do have some news, and then we'll get into uh, our show. Also, yeah, so you will hear some extra little diddly bits in the in-betweens of the show. 
the nooks and crannies uh, between the content. Uh, Curtis, again, Star Wars poet, has given us a few uh, of his episodes that we've featured in here, so you can get a little bit more of his work uh, in there. It's easier to do, uh, you know, it's harder in an audio medium to share a blog, um, so we weren't able to do something like that for Megan, but uh, mm -hmm. with Curtis we were able to uh, feature a couple of his things, but we do encourage you, in the links of the description, um, we have linked to both of their Twitter, we highly encourage you guys, go uh, send them some love and support, and check out all of the stuff that they do mm -hmm. uh, in the various forms, because they are both worth it and awesome. So, yeah. But onto the news. Onto the news. We got gaming news. We do got well. We're we got news about the news. <laughs> yes. Uh, first gaming news. I have watched hundreds of hours of be or not being human. Same actor, different medium. Oh, uh, Days Gone. Days Gone, and yeah. I still have yet to play it because I have no time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Sam Witwer's just so fantastic I'm at sorry. it. He's so bad, guys. <laughs> it's so. I was funny. trying to be nice. Every time I get like a notification on. About Twitch, hey, Sam, what we're streaming, the tagline is usually like, I'm so good at this game, and I'm like, no, you're not, you liar. <laughs> we can all dream. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, Star Wars gaming news. EA Play 2019 is coming up, and while there will be a lot of gaming news, the one that we are excited for is all about Jedi Fallen Order. Um, on June 8th at 9 9.30am, sorry... Pacific time. I turned a little Canadian there for a minute. Sorry. 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 Pass me the maple syrup. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Canadians and I love maple syrup. Just ask my, my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you seem to have maple syrup running in your veins. Oh, really? I thought it was just Canadians. <laughs> oh, sorry. So oh, sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, 9.30 a.m. Pacific 9.30 time. 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. What's that Eastern Standard Time? Uh, not 9.30. What's that Central Time? <laughs> uh, 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 not 9.30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look it up at your own leisure. Fine. Uh, they will be streaming, and we will get our first gameplay reveal. Woo! Uh, check out EA or EA Star Wars on social media for links to the streams or catch it on YouTube probably immediately after or Reddit while it's happening. Very true, yeah. I mean, that stuff goes up pretty quick. But, it's yeah, it's it's going to yeah. be cool because this is, I mean, we've heard a lot. We've seen the trailer. Now this is going to be gameplay. This is going to show us yeah. what we're going to see. So, exciting. And there's going to be a lot of people, like, live tweeting it if you can't watch oh, yeah. um, the stream. Just yeah. keep up Twitter the entire time that happened during the Mandalorian well, panel. Uh, one, um, keep refreshing on the hashtag, too, because yes. I think they have yes, a yes, hashtag. Yes. There I don't know if it's like EA Play 19 or something, yeah. uh, some variation, but... And I believe yeah. our friends at Game Infinite will be live-tweeting? Uh, Maybe? I think I think he will. Um, I know he's been hype on a lot they? of that stuff, so I'm pretty sure he's going to be... I know he's going to be our, like, number one source. Yeah. Um... Both for Jedi Fallen Order and other things, because he's he's always on top. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah, because you'll be at work, I will he's be at home, on top and it. we will not be watching together. Very so. true. Wait, when is June eighth? Uh, Tuesday, it's Wednesday, Thursday, June eighth, Friday. No. Saturday. Saturday, because oh, yeah. June ninth is Donald Duck's birthday. That is a point in reference on a calendar I did not know. Third birthday. Gosh, he's an old duck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And comic news, it just says Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. 
I mean, not, uh, the, the usual comics are... Uh, we're probably going to pull away from doing the whole, hey, these comics are coming out, because we kind of post that on social media anyway. Yeah. Uh, but as news and reveals and bigger stuff comes out, we will continue to cover that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of taking that pull with a few other things, just because uh, where we can slim down, we're trying to. Yeah. Um, that's both... We're cutting be- out carbs. Yeah. Well, both it's both because of all that we have going on right now, but also we're just trying to play with it to see, like, does this work and help the show's life and whatnot. Yeah. So, we're feedback. Always, yeah, we're always trying to improve ourselves and our podcast. Yeah, so give us some feedback on that. If you if you miss that content, let us know. But um, when there's m- more uh, ample news for comics, we will we will continue to cover that. If Yoda had a coffee shop, do you think he'd call it Luminous Beans? Ooh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be good. That would be a good name. Copyright that. Copyright it. Website now. <laughs> right. Squarespace. It's not real till it has a website. Exactly. Well, we're working on it. Yeah, we are. Uh, thank you uh, for the many people who have told us about Squarespace. Right, and keep yelling at us to get up. We're working on it. Working on it, Dad. Goodness gracious. You're not my dad. You're a cell phone. I'm going to go get that cat. Get tell that cat. Tell me about more news. I'm going to tell you about some book news. Uh, we are just, <laughs> she is so concerned. Uh, we are just a few wa- few days away from the release of Alphabet Squadron. Yay! Excited for that one. Uh, June 11th, which is Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. Books are Tuesday. Comics are Wednesday. Yes. What happens on Thursdays? Uh, cabbage. Thursdays, ice cream. I think no, that's Thursday it. is cabbage. Okay. I love cabbage. All day. You hate cabbage. All day, every day. Which is weird, because you're Irish. Anyway, so check up on the description to order your copy, and you'll be supporting the show when you do. I could have read that less robotically, but whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We'll probably have a review up much later in the month, since the book releases the week before we move. So, uh, it will happen. So make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it out there, um... As soon as we're able, I mean, just a lot going on, so I'm not yeah. I'm not even going to try and make promises of when, but hopefully by the end of the month, but it just depends on how much it's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Galaxy's Edge News, John. Yeah. It's open. It is. The baby's open. Yes, the world, yes. the world is, is, we now live in a place in time and space where <laughs> Star Wars has its own space. Yes. In the happiest place on Earth. In the happiest, happiest place. Yes. Sam Witwer went. He took his brother. So many people went. Right? <laughs> and a lot of people... Not us! No, I'm a lot of people didn't go, and uh, some I'm were so grumpy. Angry. I'm so angry about it. We're trying to be nice about it, but at the same time, you're a baby. Get over it. There are more people who have worked on Star Wars than you. Well, I mean, if... I'm pretty sure the, is... the Star Wars gods would send everyone uh, if they could, but exactly. uh, it's not feasible. So buy your exactly. own ticket. And Everybody will get there eventually. It'll work out. Yeah. Come and on. That, and that's the thing. Like, be happy for the people who did get to go and experience this stuff. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that, like, just celebrate it and just wait for your chance. I mean, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, guys. Yeah. We're finally seeing all of the merch and food and more that has been teased and advertised for so long and all the Coke. John, there's Coke. Yeah. Coca-Cola. I don't know why they're, like, 
so big on the Coke thing. Because they give him a lot of money. That's true. There you go. Okay. <laughs> answer asked and uh, yeah. Yeah. Answered. There you answer. go. Answer asked and answered. What? What even? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You ask a question, you get a question. Yes. Why Coke? Why Coke? I know why Coke. Um, anything that you saw in particular that excited you? Um, I mean... I have an answer. A little bit of everything. I really enjoyed watching the, uh, lightsaber building experience. Um, because it's not what it used to be where it's just like a bin of ridiculous parts and it's just all rushed and... Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an experience and it almost feels like, I mean, it's so funny because we just watched and... We just talked about, check it out on our podcast, The uh, the Gathering yeah. episode on our Great Clone episode. Wars rewatch. And it looks a lot like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously they don't have Hu <gasps> Yang. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. But, um, maybe later. Maybe. I mean, they could get David Tennant to voice it. He would absolutely do that. And they could do the rest with hologram. Boom. We just made made your business even better, Disney. Hire us. Uh, anyway, but until <laughs> then, we're going to keep... Uh, anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought seeing the experience that was really cool because it, especially like, guys, I'm gonna enjoy it because I'm a big child. Mm-hmm. But no, like if I could rewind and do that as an actual child, how much that would blow my freaking mind. Blows my freaking mind. Right. So it's like, as much as I know I'm going to enjoy it, I also hope that like there's a kid to the left and a kid to the right doing it there with me. Yeah. Uh, so I can be slightly awkward. Being there by myself without a child, but also so I can be like, this is why I love Star Wars. Because, mm-hmm. like, seeing this, experiencing it myself as well, but seeing the next generation make their lightsaber like that. And they've probably seen the Gathering episodes, maybe, you know? And, and to feel like those Padawans, and I mean, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really enjoyed seeing that and what yeah. that experience is going to be like. I mean... Even when we made our lightsabers, we both had a particular one in mind. Like, I wanted to make Ventress's lightsaber. Yeah. As close as I could. You wanted to make a mix of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's. Uh, well, Obi-Wan and Galen Merrick's. You're right. You're right. Um, I know who that is. What I, We were really fortunate that we had a cast member that was really into helping Absolutely. us and everything. Not they that we, really like, nice. needed help help but they were like really encouraging in the process and they were like oh my gosh that is so cool I, you know also like when, we both picked red <laughs> very true <laughs> uh so like that was already a really cool experience so to take it to the next level of feeling like you're in a gathering of your own as yeah. you're building this uh Absolutely. it's gonna be pretty dope man yeah, um, but a couple of cool things from the opening are the appearance of George Lucas Billy D. Williams Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford uh, Ford dedicated the startup of the Millennium Falcon to Peter Mayhew, which made us cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the, the official sign that Galaxy's Edge was fully operational and open. Yeah. Um, so any special feelings from the opening ceremony? I mean, the obvious, um, you know, dedicating it to Peter, that was a really cool, uh, moment. Yeah. Um, and... You know, a lot of people commented, you know, it's a reminder of how far it's come and, and all this other stuff, I mean. And having George there, too, makes it uh, even greater, because, I mean, I, I have to believe he's looking at all this. I mean, I hope, my you know, my headcanon for George is that he's seeing all this and is just 
blown away and amazed how Star Wars is still affecting people in such amazing ways. Yeah. Uh, and how Disney's taking it to this level yeah. with things. And I hope he's proud of it, and I hope that he's satisfied. Um, I'm not talking movies. I'm not talking character stories. I'm talking the effect this silly little fictional universe has on people. Yeah. I hope he is blown away and proud of that. And, and because As he should be. I mean, it's amazing. So to see him come out and support that, and um, I don't think a mouse in a suit put a gun to his head and forced him to do that. I think Absolutely not. I, I, I like to think that he enjoyed that. So um, I, could, I just couldn't help but keep thinking yeah. about that. So between Peter and, and seeing George Lucas, that was just a lot of, mm-hmm. of really good, like, this is awesome what Star Wars is doing. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. a theme park. It's making money and doing all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, it's creating life experiences that, you know, I mean, are just so amazing and memorable. You know, how can you really, how can you really be mad at that? Yeah. I mean, I just hope that at one point everyone looked up and saw Carrie come down on a cloud and just flip everyone off. Right. As she would. <laughs> She was the reason the Falcon didn't start in the first place. She always thought it was a piece of junk. Exactly. <laughs> was she wrong? And I mean that in the most loving, carry way. Um, it's the fastest piece of junk. I will, you know. Yes. It was very fast. Yeah, it's fast junk. Let's yes. just be honest. It is what it is. Yeah, like our old car. <laughs> <laughs> very true. I'll, that boy could do uh, something on the highway. Uh, Yep. I see what you did there. Um, so, in a more exciting turn for the opening, there was a special show featuring the Resistance taking down some stormtroopers, and as such, there were, they are led by Vi Marathi, mm-hmm. character from the Phasma book. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about this. Um, <laughs> Phasma book by Delilah Dawson, and will be the main character in the upcoming Black Spire novel. Uh, she was portrayed for this opening event by Alex Marshall Brown. Uh, who looked amazing as Vi. Mm-hmm. I will take your word for it, because I have no frame of reference for this character. Uh, well, she looks like that. Oh! <laughs> Lovely. Um, you, yeah, you can check her out at A. Marshall Brown, um, or if you just search Alex Marshall Brown mm-hmm. on Twitter. You, she, her Twitter page is completely dedicated to Vi right now. Um, Sick. Sadly, it was only for the like opening show kind of thing. Um, it's kind of sad to know it's not going to be a permanent stay, but it kind of, for the story's sake, makes sense, because Dude. if Vi, at 3 o'clock every day, the, runs the same mission, mm-hmm. kind of spoils the, you know, this is, the immersion yeah. a little bit, where it's like, didn't she do that yesterday, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I hope that they update the show that we love every time we go to a Disney World. Yeah, I mean, I think it will as the story continues. And it's not to say Vi's not coming back. It's just to say that she was present for a big opening part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's it's a way that they're connecting it to the universe. Because for them to take a character that started in, in a book and is known by a reasonable number of fans and say, hey, she's going to be in this park as a mainstay. Mm-hmm. Even just bringing her back for... Black Spire is really cool. So for them to be like, hey, we're bringing this character to life at a park, um, that's that's pretty amazing. And, I mean, I have to imagine Delilah is super, super plussed about it because mm-hmm. um, I was really excited. Uh, you know, I mean, I could have been... I knew this was 
apart, so I could have mentioned it for the excite thing that excited me about all the coverage I saw. This was like the biggest thing for me because I just yeah. when I saw it's it's why I was disappointed because when I saw it I was just like oh my gosh Biden Marty, that's such a that's such a lore thing to do, like because you can always do officers like, yeah. and troopers and that's always safe. You put a a full fledged character mm-hmm. in there and but it's not Luke, it's not Han, it's a character from a book like. Yeah, it's kind of like when they named Galen or so Galen and made the base Starkiller Base. Right. Like, that's a reference, but it's not fully what happened with Vi. Yeah. Yeah. You're and, um, bringing a character to life. Yeah. And and um, the fact that it's, you know, a, a female of color in such a leading presence there. That's yeah. That's, again, why I hope she appears okay. throughout. I know who you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, I hope that it's not the end of Vi. Especially as much as Alex seems to enjoy yeah. uh, the character. So, uh, you better yeah. bring her back. Um, so, yeah, and so in the link, er, not in the link, in the description, there'll be a link. Um, we're linking to the cool Galaxy's Edge stuff that you guys can pre order and get your hands on mm-hmm. uh, and support the show for, yeah. like Black Spire, uh, which is all about Vi Morarty. And, um, which. Just a cool name. Can we just appreciate that? Yeah. Uh, you know, she's... It, it's her adventures in, I don't know what the book's about. They don't send me advanced copies. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, don't uh, be that guy, John. It's definitely Vi Morarty uh, and her involvement with the Resistance on Batuu. Really <laughs> cool. Neato. And um, there's also Crash of Fate, which is coming out. It's kind of a Lost Stars on Batuu story. So, from what it sounds like, I think it's going to be a great book. Yep. Um, and if you want your hands on it, you can pre-order it. Support the show, all that great stuff. Add it to your summer reading list. Exactly. Or put some stickers on your thing. Get a pizza party. Or if you don't want to do all that, you can get an audible description, uh, audible subscription, and you get two credits, and you can use both of those credits to pre-order yeah. these two books. Here, I'll give you an audible description right now. It's it's a great service that allows you to listen to multiple audiobooks, yes. like all of them. Yes. There you go. Audible description. There you go. How can you not want the subscription after that? That eloquent beautifulness. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check the description for all that stuff, but we're going to have a bit of a transition, and then we will get into our interviews. On we go! Battle over Scarif. We need Admiral Akbar, I say. But I guess that he's here. Just turned gray? No! It's Admiral Raddus. He's nearly as badass. He'll lead rebels into the fray. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Hello, Herd, and welcome. Uh, I am here. I Another part of my job that I just absolutely love is getting to talk to other fans and uh, share those conversations uh, with the world, and that's a little bit of what we're doing today because I am joined uh, by the amazing Megan Rickards. Hi, Megan. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Not much. Um, just here, uh, ready to kind of discuss uh, some of uh, your... Uh, experiences as a fan, as a creator um, at Nerd Herder, we greatly enjoy the platform that we have. We we don't take it for granted. And uh, one thing that we like to do is highlight that we're not the only ones 
doing cool things um, because of the things we love. We're not the only ones uh, out there working hard um, to uh, use our passions uh, to talk about what we love. Uh, and so we want to highlight people like that, uh, people like you. Uh, and so that's kind of how this uh, came about. Absolutely. Um, we have kind of interacted a lot on uh, social medias, and it's always been a, uh, a hoot. Um, it's uh, definitely a highlight. We always uh, look for notifications and, and whatnot from you and, and, and love those conversations. And so bringing that to the, the podcast realm is, is, is fun. Yeah, because when you first offered, I thought you were just doing it to be polite. But when I found out that, okay, it's for real, couldn't believe it, and I was really grateful. Yeah, um, and, and, and like I said, that's we've wanted to do that more. I mean, we've met so many uh, great people through having this podcast, you and, and so many who uh, are also doing your own awesome things. Um, and if there's something we can do to highlight that and, and bring more awareness to that, and, uh, then that's great. And also, it's just fun to, to sit and uh, talk fan-to-fan -fan, uh, a little bit um, and, and, and that's what we try and always make it mostly about is, uh, you know, we're fans, uh, you're, you're a fan, and, and that's what we want to celebrate is uh, where our fandoms kind of meet and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Because unfortunately for me, I don't have very many people in my life outside Twitter that are into Star Wars, Marvel, DC, that kind of thing. So being able to do something like this is just really fun for me. Yeah, and, and we're kind of in a similar setup. We're so far from uh, family and, and, and friends, and, and uh, so it's mostly that internet community um, that uh, we have where we find people as crazy about uh, Star Wars and, and, and all kinds of other things, uh, as crazy about it as we are. Um, and so it's, it's a wonderful little community. We are very glad to have it and, and glad that you're a part of it uh, with us, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to be a part of it too because when I first started writing Star Wars type stuff, I want to say it was back in 2017, I never thought they would lead here. I thought I'd just be doing it for myself just for fun. So to have it lead here is just, wow, I'm still having problems, believe me. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I feel that uh, every now and then, especially when I get to do stuff like this, um, you know, we... I think it's something fan creators have in our minds before we step into that world of creating stuff is who would want my stuff, who would listen, who would read, who would watch, who, you know, we, we are, um, we, we kind of create an absent audience for ourselves and, and kind of let that determine whether we do or don't, uh, express our passions and create creativity, um, and if I've discovered anything, if you put it out there, you'll find your community, you'll find your people, you'll find those who uh, share your opinion, or maybe if they don't share your opinion, are willing to talk opinions with you, uh, and, and you'll really start to build um, that community, because we thought the same thing with this podcast is, no one's going to listen to us, <laughs> but um, yeah. here we are. Yeah, because it's especially so for me, because like. I struggled my entire life through school because um, I have high-functioning autism called Asperger's syndrome, something I'm not afraid to share because it's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so due to that, I struggled 
not just with the academic side of school, but also socially. So to go from literally that my entire life, all through high school, and now to this, it just, there are moments where even as I'm typing and working on my blog, where I just have to sit back and be like, wow, mm-hmm. how did I get here? Well, and I think it's uh, kind of along what you what you said there about, you know, that's uh, your um, condition is a part of who you are. And I think there's a great freedom in accepting who we are and, and living boldly in that. Uh, and there's something attractive about that. There's something uh, in doing that that brings people who are also boldly living their life and living as themselves. Uh, and, and that's when these strong... Uh, communities start to get built where you know there's there's no judgment no shame for who you are and what you love and what you do and you know it, it's able to be just this wonderful safe place of celebration of uh, things and, and fictional universes and also uh, just other legitimate things too so um, I think there's power in being who you are uh, in celebrating that yeah, because basically what I'm trying to do with my blog is show that even people with Asperger's can be vastly different. Because mm-hmm. there's this show uh, I watch on ABC called uh, The Good Doctor that portrays a person with uh, high-functioning autism, but he also has, uh, great, forget what it's called, oh, savant syndrome. And how you can have like high-functioning autism but not have savant syndrome and like just still be me. Mm-hmm. You can have the same diagnosis or, like, same conditions, but still be as completely different as to, like, different people can be. Yeah, and and that's an important message, uh, and, and that's the great thing about when we step into who we are and, and putting that out there uh, is we show the vast spectrum of representation there is in people. I mean, six billion people, we're bound to have a lot of differences. Um, and there's some things that are similar that we can celebrate, but there's also differences uh, within ourselves that we have to uh, celebrate as well. Um, and, and, and that's why I think no matter how many Star Wars podcasts there are, no matter how many blogs there are, no matter how many magazines, no matter how many YouTube channels, there's always a place for your voice, uh, for, for someone's voice to be put out there and heard because we're all on our own journeys and paths and so um it it can seem overwhelming it can seem daunting to jump out there and do those sorts of things but um we've done it you're doing it and so many others are doing it and i think the more we can celebrate that and put that out there and and let people know that they can do it too if they want um or they can just enjoy it uh enjoy what others are doing but um yeah yeah. and the only way to find out which one works for you is to just if you're feeling up to it jump in and do it and see where it goes. If it leads somewhere, great. If not, well, you're still doing what you love. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's so important. And, and I think that's something uh, that it, we almost need this big thesis uh, of why we do what we do sometimes. And we make it more complicated than just doing something because we love it. I mean, that's the simplest uh, fuel uh, for your passions is just doing it because you love it. I mean... Yeah, because even if you don't end up doing anything with it and it just stays a hobby, either way, you're still doing what you love. It's still an outlet for you, no matter what it is. Exactly. Um, And so uh, we want to kind of get to a conversation about you uh, and and doing what you love. But before we do that, we do have a couple of warm-up questions. It's a kind of 
generic fan questions we love to ask everybody because I think it's always interesting. Um, uh, so first off, what's your favorite Star Wars film? Ooh, uh, up until the standalones, it was A New Hope because I'm just a classic type person. That's where the whole story started. That's where everything begins. But since the standalones came out, I have to say Rogue One because of just like how gritty and warlike it is. And yes, you get that in Solo, but it's a different kind of gritty. I just like the type of gritty that you can see in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, I, there must be something about Megan's and Rogue One because uh, my wife also is just a diehard Rogue One fan. Um, it's 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 a, such a great movie. Yeah, because what's funny is I just had it on in the background the other day as I was working on my computer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I find I find her putting it on uh, when she's uh, working on something or just running around the house or I mean, it it's crazy. I, I how many times Rogue One has been on uh, in our house or around me. Um, I definitely don't mind it. It's such a, it, it's it's one of my favorite movies for sure. Yeah, the only problem I've noticed with it is that. I've looked up at certain points, and it looks like they've edited out the ghost, and I haven't heard the call for General Syndulla. Really? Yeah. And hmm. I've seen that, like, a, I've watched it a few times, and really should pay attention to that. And I can tell that it's not just because the screen's smaller than the theater, because I look in that exact same spot on the screen where I know the ghost was, and it's not there. So maybe they just did it for fan service as it was out in theaters or what, but... Huh. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's weird. Yeah. But, um, well, the, the strong start there. Um, You're in good company with other Rogue One lovers, uh, for sure. Um, so from there, w who is your favorite character? Ooh, uh, I'd probably have to say Chewbacca because he's such a good hugger. He so is. I actually got to meet him once uh, when I went with a couple of my friends to Disneyland. Uh-huh. Somehow, magically, there was little lines, because I want to say it was him that got to meet, uh, Darth Vader, and I want to also say Kylo Ren. Hmm. Yeah, and there was little line for any of them, but yeah, out of all of them, yeah, Chewie was the best. Oh, yeah, we, we always make a point to see Chewie whenever we go, um... He gives the absolute best hugs. Rio in Solo was very right. You'll you'll never feel more comfy than uh, in the arms of a Wookiee, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly, because not only does he work as a nice blanket if you need it, if you're stuck somewhere like Hoth, but, <laughs> but also if you're just feeling lonely and just need a hug, there you go. Yes, uh, and, and that comes from also, I think, because Chewie's just such a great friend. Uh, he knows the appropriate kind of hug to give. It's not just a hug that's comfy, but it's also just, it's warm emotionally. Yeah, yeah. What I wouldn't do to have a real life Chewie in my life. <laughs> Very true. Um, we, we, it's so funny because we had, uh, we had Kevin on the show, Kevin Scott, and I think it was like a five or six minute uh, branch off of conversation where we just talked all about our love of Chewie. So, it, it's something about guests on our show where uh, it, we all share in the Church of Chewy. It's so fun. Yep. <laughs> um, well, hopefully now that you're uh, thoroughly warmed up to the show, 
Um, let's get more into things. And how about you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself uh, and what you do as a creator? Okay, well, basically, even though I was in elementary school, I knew I enjoyed writing and hated math as a passion. For me, that could just go, math could go and die as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Star Wars specifically shape your creator's journey? Because I know Star Wars is kind of how we ended up meeting uh, through social media and whatnot, and that's become a big part of our uh, sort of internet friendship. Um, so what, what part did Star Wars play in your creator journey? Well, what's funny is I actually didn't get into Star Wars until I was an adult, until one of my friends introduced me to it. I mean, over the years, I got to go to Disneyland and always was sure to ride Star Tours, so it's like I got a little bit of it that way, but it wasn't until my college years that I really got into Star Wars and loved the whole, like, action-adventure aspect of it and could see myself, you know, in, like, Luke and Leia and even a little Han. <laughs> and I just, like, naturally gravitated towards those characters and liked them and liked the story they were t- uh, trying to t- tell. And once I latched onto it, that was it. I was gone. I was a fan. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, it. that's usually, I think, how most stories go, is it's kind of a, a little bit of interest, and then all of a sudden, you're all in. You just go over the edge. Um, it, it's funny how there doesn't ever seem to be a lot of in-between. You're never... I, I, I don't meet too many fans that are just kind of into Star Wars. Uh, I, I either meet people that don't like Star Wars or have heard of it, and people who are just absolutely over the top for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, that, but that is is interesting because um, I also don't meet too many folks that are um, that come along as adults uh, into Star Wars. What was what was that introduction? Did you start uh, with the original trilogy? Did a friend uh, friend introduce you? How did that go? Yeah, we started uh, with the original trilogy, watching it a little bit, and. She was also in the course of moving, so it's like whenever we could get some downtime, we'd watch one movie here, one movie there, and then she warned me once um, I got to the prequels that I was in for a bit of an interesting ride. She mm-hmm. allowed me to form my, my own opinions about it, but warned me that there are some people that really hate it and some people that love it, and just let me see where I fell. Well, that that's important. That's... that's uh... Very good. We actually spent some time talking with uh, another podcast about the importance of that and kind of just opening the door to Star Wars and letting people walk through a little bit because 
I think too often we can we can set other people's standards for them, um, and that's how a lot of opinions get formed. So it's really uh, good that she kind of let you walk into it yourself and form your own opinions about it. Yeah, and while I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of the prequels, I can at least appreciate what they've done, you know, like special effects-wise and just, like, even storytelling-wise, like, see what works and what didn't. Mm Because there are some parts, especially Darth Maul, that really worked. Because if he hadn't worked, he would not have ended up in uh, Clone Wars and then Rebels. Definitely. Um, And, you know, and, and, and that has become one of my wife's favorite parts of Clone Wars, that's actually what I use to get her interested, is Darth Maul. Um, and so, yeah, the the beauty of the prequels isn't that they're perfect, but that they, they continue a lot of the same traditions and stories that we love of Star Wars. And they've led to so many great things, like the Clone Wars and, and so much more. So, um, yeah, that's all. Well, I mean, we could talk all the, t- all the day about Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, <laughs> we could spend the rest of this episode talking just about Clone Wars. <laughs> And about how excited I am for it to come back. Ugh. Oh my gosh, yes. I and and it's it's interesting because I think my wife gets equal parts more excited, but also frustrated with the Clone Wars and knowing it's returning. Um, just because, like, she's she's in season five now, and so um, that's where a lot of things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that again. Um, so it's last night, uh, we watched, um, the midpoint with, with Maul returning in, uh, Satine and whatnot. And that was, that was a rough ride for (laughs) (laughs) it. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster, uh, for sure. Um, so now, uh, in your creator's journey, where you find yourself now, what, what part does Star Wars play for you now? Basically, it gives me a way to express my more nerdy side while having my personal blog also allows me to balance out uh, the rest of my life, too. So it's like I can write on Star Wars and stuff like that and have fun doing that kind of writing and also have my personal blog to do everything else. So it's like a nice balance. Yeah, and I think both kind of create their own little uh, community um, as well. Yeah, because it's like with both blogs, both sides, I get to interact with two different kinds of people. Yeah, and and I mean, and as much as we love Star Wars, I think it's unfair to say that you know, us as fans, all we need is ever Star Wars and the Star Wars community and the Star Wars fandom. I think, yeah. you know, we're we're people with a lot of interests and a lot of needs. Yeah, I mean, I could live off Star Wars for a nice bit, but even after a while, even Star Wars can be like, oh boy, I need a brass. Yeah, and, and you know, um, that's been important to my wife and I is to find those moments where we can kind of as much as we love this and, I mean, now have a podca- podcast for it, even still we need times where we're just, we're not, um, we're, we're not inundated with uh, Star Wars completely. We, we have our life outside of it. We have our friends outside of it. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, the old-fashioned saying, there, there can be too much of a good thing. 
Um, and I think that's where a lot of frustration and burnout for fans comes from is because they get everything uh, with Star Wars and they feed uh, everything about their personality with Star Wars. And so when when something goes down, they feel it uh, much more. Um, and, and I think that it, there has to be much like you know, the Jedi path, there has to be that balance, um, for sure. Yeah, because I think that's also what made the original trilogy and even the prequel trilogy work, is that you didn't have them, like, every year, every other year. You actually had a little bit of a break to catch your breath, and there wasn't, like, all this programming in between. You had a chance to, like, watch it when you wanted, like, when it came out on video, and then do everything else, and just process it. Yeah, I mean, with as much Star Wars as we have going on, and I mean, between films, books, TV, uh, comics, so there's so much Star Wars all the time now, and um, there's m- many points when I'm so grateful for that, and I love it, and I just am connected to all of it, but there's also times when I have to breathe, and, and I think we as fans should feel that it's okay to do that, you know? Star Wars material is out in all forms of media, it can be like a bit even stressful to try to keep up with everything because you don't always have time to listen to the books you want or read the books you want or watch the shows or read the comics or whatever that you want. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, and I think that's where we, if we're not careful, we can move from taking in Star Wars to enjoy Star Wars to taking it in because we have to you know, get get through this to get to the next thing, and, and we have to get through this to stay on topic with other people. And and not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, I guess. I just feel like that loses a lot of the joy that's meant to be there um, in, in enjoying Star Wars. Yeah, because it then goes from, like, a relaxing activity to feeling more like a chore and something you have to do. Exactly, and, and, and Star then, Wars isn't supposed to be that. Yeah, and then once you burn out on stuff you used to enjoy, where do you go from there? What do you use to relax after that? Very true, very true. Um, and so, and, and now, so speaking of uh, Star Wars content and how much of it there is, um, as a fan and creator, what what are some of the things you are excited for uh, that's kind of in the pipeline for Star Wars a little bit? Well, we've already touched on Clone Wars, so that's... Yeah, that cannot come soon enough. Oh, yeah. But aside from that, uh, also the return of, uh, what's called, of, great, forgot what it's called, uh, the Enemy series it's on right now. Oh, uh, Resistance? Yes, yes. Yeah, I can't wait for that to return. Because it's like, yes, since the premiere's coming out, the season two premiere's coming out, before episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, you can pretty much figure they aren't going to join the like rest of the resistance probably until at least the mid season premiere. So it's like I'm excited to see where they do end up then in the meantime. Yeah, I as I did not expect it to go as fast in season one um, as it did. And so when we left off where we left off, I was kind of at a point where I'm like, I need to know what the rest of this is going to look like. I mean, I, it was almost the same kind of need as when The Force Awakens ended on such a huge cliffhanger. I don't think we've ever had quite that kind of cliffhanger before where 
I mean, everything you've wanted to happen the entire movie is for Luke to show up and, and get in the fight. And as soon as he shows up, it's over. And so with Resistance, I kind of felt in that same way where it's like uh, we're, we're here again, where it's like I, we're right where we've been wanting to be for so long, and it's the season finale. Yeah, and it's like you're looking down at your watch or your phone or whatever and going, what, what, huh? How, where do we go from here? Yeah. I know we're not starting at episode nine, so where, what? Yeah, and, and that's, I think, what's so exciting is because I, I, don't, I don't know. I could make guesses, but I never feel 100% about any of my guesses, and so I'm like, I, I, that, that's so exciting to me because I think we can predict a lot of Star Wars. I think we can guess a lot of things. Um, so when it's really, really unknown, uh, I think that's fantastic because that's how I would like to go in is not with too many guesses or too many theories and just be able to enjoy it. Yeah, that and something I've tried doing even with other shows is actually not watching the teasers and the promos the week before so I can go into the next episode completely blind. Oh, that see and I, it's like even if I see it on TV, I'm trying to tell myself to instantly mute it or change the channel and not look so that again I can go in completely blind and just enjoy the episode for what it is. Although something that has helped is being extremely busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I will say that I, I've been able to do that only because it's not been by my choice. It's just been my schedule because if I was given the choice, I'm not strong enough in moral fiber to be able to, to do that. Um, I, I'm just so, I, I get so eager for the next thing that I'll eat up anything that I can leading up to it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you that I used to do that with Rebels. It's like I couldn't get enough of it, and I had to see the trailer or the teaser like numerous times for the next episode. But like I said, as life's gone on for me and I've gotten busier, I just found that, okay, to make time pass faster, stay busy. Mm-hmm. Next oh, yeah. You know you'll open your eyes. It'll be time for the next episode to come on, and yay, I made it. <laughs> and that That's very true. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of times where it doesn't feel like there's much of a wait for um, a lot of Star Wars things because there's so many other things, um, Star Wars or otherwise, that are in between that kind of progress time uh, a little bit more quickly. You know, you, you, it's fl time flies when you're having fun uh, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, not even just having fun, but just life in general. Because even just like working out or doing stuff around the house or doing a job, just everything helps time to fly. So that next thing you know... Nice. Time for the next episode. Right. So we just need to be as busy as possible, and episode nine will come quicker is what I'm hearing. Yep. <laughs> Very that, true. although, oh, another thing that I'm actually looking forward to is I'm actually going to be smart and not even touch Galaxy's Edge for at least six, seven months. So that way, also that second ride has time to open, and then crowds can theoretically die down. They can have the rides all up and running without any like mechanical failures or anything. So by the time I get there, I can just walk in and have fun. Oh yeah, I mean we we knew from the beginning. I mean, as nice as it would have been to be there opening, there's no way I could do it. I I just could not. And so we already knew it's going to be like a little a close to a year for us before we go. Just so yeah. that yeah, everything can get figured out. Everything can be open. Um, 
Yeah, because I'm already seeing on opening day, on May 31st, that one ride going down at least five times the minimum. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if those, those that have been around Disney long enough know the kinks that come up with a new park. Um, so even as exciting as Star Wars is, it still can't make me go to Disney on opening day for stuff. Yeah. I mean, every time I see it, like, on commercial and stuff, it's like, I want to go, I want to go. Mm-hmm. And then I think about the lines and all the problems that come with it. Never mind, I can wait. <laughs> exactly. Um, we did that with the Avatar, the Flight of the Banshee ride, and it was so worth it. We It was like a year and a half before we finally got to go, but it was amazing because it was only a 40-minute wait, and, I mean, it was just much more satisfying of an experience. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, sometimes it's worth the wait uh to make it to make it uh a better time for sure yeah um so before we uh close i wanted to also ask um as a creator what would you say are the ups and downs of what you do and what would you say to someone in a similar place as a creator or someone who wants to be a creator yourself if you're a writer like me or even if you're a podcaster or youtuber or anything just having a way to express yourself but the downside of that is figuring out like content what you want to do for your next topic and keeping up with that and keeping a schedule in amongst the rest of your life because even now I found times where it's like I struggle to come up with like what I want to talk about for my next thing and sometimes I just have to pull it out of thin air start typing and see where it leads me Mm-hmm. And then for someone in my same position, I'd say just same thing that's been said a million times. Just go for it and see where it leads. If it leads you somewhere, awesome. You're doing what you love, what you enjoy. And if it doesn't, again, you're at least you're still doing what you love and you're giving yourself an outlet for it. Yeah, definitely. And and, and again, I think that's so important. I think sometimes doing it just because we love something is just enough reason. We don't need much more than that to get started with um, things. And I, I think we make it more complicated than we need to sometimes. Um, you know, this podcast is all about, it, it, it came from us deciding to do what we love, which is just talk about Star Wars. Um, we just do it with a microphone now. And uh, so many amazing things have become a part of that for diving in. Uh, the relationships are probably the biggest thing Um, our friendship with you and so many other amazing people, um, all because we just decided to, you know, jump in uh, and just start. Um, And that's always the hardest part, but it's always the best part. It's just to start. Yeah, because sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and start and just allow it to take you wherever it takes you. Definitely. Um, Well... Uh, that is our time. Um, that's uh, the time we have. Thank you so much, Megan, uh, for, for joining us today. Yeah, not a problem. This was fun. It and was. Even though, even though I'm definitely more of like a wallflower behind the scenes type person, I'm glad that I was actually brave enough to take the chance and do this. Yeah, and, and we're thankful for it because uh, it's nice to uh, be able to talk to you and, and to be able to do what we normally do and be able to share that. And, and I really hope that um, there are those listening who uh, are receiving what you're putting out there in terms of just doing what they love and just taking that leap of faith. Uh, I think that's just uh, such an awesome story, such, such an awesome um, 
testimony uh, from your experiences and whatnot. Yeah, because basically I'm just trying to pay, take a page out of uh, Carrie Fisher and James Ronald Taylor's books of just being yourself. And if people don't like it, okay, you don't need to pay attention to them. Exactly. Uh, you you are your audience at the end of the day. So it's, it's you you got to do it for. And I just have to say, because you brought up, I love James Arnold Taylor so much. Yes. <laughs> He's a personal yeah, hero. I swear. Oh yeah, he he's yeah. so nice. That was one um, of my biggest highlights from there because I he's just been a personal hero for so long. So uh, that's yeah. so awesome. Um, but yeah, so again, thank you so much, uh, Megan. And I highly doubt this is going to be the last time we have you on our show. Uh, but for now, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Fake news. Don't look now, but I've got a notion. That big scaly dude's a Trandoshan. I hear they eat Wookiees, like they're Girl Scout cookies. Keep walking. Don't make a commotion. The Trandoshan Anti-Defamation League would like it known that while sworn enemies of the vile Wookiees, the Trandoshan people do not, in fact, eat them. On Lent, or without appropriate condiments. Thank you. All right, guys, so we are here. We are joined by another awesome Star Wars fan, uh, Curtis, with Star Wars Poetry, with us now. How are you, sir? Doing very good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for uh, giving us the opportunity. We um, kind of di discovered you uh, by happenstance on um, Twitter there, and uh, so being able to kind of... Uh, find your hobby and then be able to f kind of feature that a little bit. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. Right. Well, I think that's the way uh, most people find me on Twitter by happenstance. Yeah. Well, and but hopefully, hopefully now y y you'll get a you'll get a good boost <laughs> in uh, followers. I, I'm uh, I'm sure that uh, once the uh, the nerd herding uh, crew uh, caught into uh, what I'm doing, uh, they'll be beating down my door. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, all all the interviews you've been doing, I'm sure your your follower base is going to be jumping. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, we uh, one thing we enjoy doing is uh, when we find other awesome Star Wars people, we like to. Um, not just sit and talk with them ourselves, but also be able to share that out because uh, you, nev you never know who else out there has some interesting hobby or some sort of creative passion and also a passion of Star Wars and is, is maybe looking for a way to use that and do something with that. And uh, we're big believers in that sharing, sharing what we're doing uh, as fans and creators uh, can always inspire and, and do something for someone else, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, Star Wars uh, fandom is a, an immense uh, playing field, and uh, there are so many people doing so many creative things in so many directions uh, that uh, it's hard not to uh, spark uh, in a few people uh, when, when they get exposed to something different or new. Yeah, and, and even if it's not maybe, even if per se, like me discovering Star Wars poetry, I'm, I may not be into poetry, but even 
discovering that passion may may be like, well, huh, I've never thought maybe there's some other hobby that I have that can meet Star Wars uh, in a cool way like that. Because um, certainly Star Wars and poetry kind of combining with what you do, that's that's unique. That's uh, that's different. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to uh, find a unexploited uh, niche in the combination, the synergy of Star Wars and poetry. Uh, it's like finding buried treasure, uh, finding an unexploited niche uh, in today's world. Yeah, well, and what's so funny is because any, anyone that's kind of been around Star Wars enough and maybe seen some behind-the-scenes stuff with, like, George Lucas, he loves to comment how Star Wars is poetry, how it's kind of rhyming stanzas and going... It, it's a journey of sorts where you replace words with people uh, and characters. And so it's... Was that part of the play for you with, with like, your name and stuff? <laughs> Not even a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I am... Uh... I am uh, well aware of uh, Ring Theory and uh, all the volumes that have been uh, written uh, about it, but uh, my enjoyment of uh, Star Wars is perhaps a little less uh, cerebral than that. I, I just love uh, everything that I uh, partake in Star Wars related, and uh, I think as a creative person and someone with maybe a somewhat uh, off-kilter view of things in general and uh, a sense of humor that uh, I just apply that uh, to my love of Star Wars. Hey, well, and, and so there you, you've, you've got a bit of an ironic discovery of uh, uh, comparison there, but um, it's, it, it's, it's still cool to be able to do that, even... even unintendedly to be able to take something um, so personally uh, passionate uh, as Star Wars and poetry and be able to find uh, a link between the two. That's definitely very cool. Oh, sure. I think, uh, I, I think honestly, you could apply uh, the lens of poetry to, you know, virtually any topic if I was a uh, a huge uh, Marvel uh, superhero uh, universe uh, fan. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I could be writing uh, uh, clever and or funny poetry about superheroes. Uh, it just so happens I'm a Star Wars fan. There we go. Well, if anyone does get into Marvel poetry, I'm pretty sure there has to be at least one out there about at Captain America's butt. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 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 Very cool. So, um, kind of to warm up a little bit before we get into some more of the bigger uh, questions, we have some fun ones we like to ask everybody a little bit here and there. Um, for you, though, kind of a warm-up, if you had to pick between a blaster and a lightsaber, which would you pick? And if it was a lightsaber, what color would you pick? Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, I was, uh, uh, I was uh, prepared with the fact that you like to ask these warm-up questions, and so, uh, but I, I did not guess what this one might be. Uh, it would definitely be a lightsaber. That's that's a, a quick answer for me. Uh, and what color? I think blue, probably. Uh, I was uh, 
I was in the theater in 1977 uh, when the first movie dropped, and uh, I think that uh, that's sort of what got emblazoned in, on my psyche, you know, from day one, and I'm sure it would be a blue lightsaber. That's awesome. Yeah, we like to we like to keep it interesting uh, and and mix it up every now and then. So uh, don't want don't want people getting too. Uh, familiar with with our formula that's for sure <laughs> um but yeah I, like i i think that most i mean when you know shooting blasters that's that's one thing i think any of us would take the chance to swing a lightsaber if we could we would probably hurt ourselves but we would still go for it with so much passion and love <laughs> i love seeing people uh, doing their uh, lightsaber acrobatics, uh, especially uh, the ones who um, sort of spin the lightsaber across their arms and, and things, you know, where, where it would just be slicing off body parts left and right. That always uh, gives me a smile uh, when someone catches it under their armpit or something. Oh, yeah. That w- see, that would be me. I would, I would lose all of my limbs. And then I would just have them replaced with lightsabers. <laughs> well, there you go. That that's quite possibly how we ended up with General Grievous. Oh, there you go. See, there you go. It's like it's like uh, the kind of uh, montage scene in RoboCop where they just go through all these bad examples and then finally get Grievous. There you go. <laughs> there's a uh, yeah. There's precedence for that having happened. Yep. All right. So we also like to ask guests who uh, their favorite character is. So, Uh, all of Star Wars, uh, who is your favorite character? Well, uh, favorite main main character uh, would have to be Darth Vader, I think. Uh, I I cosplayed Darth Vader, the ESB version of Darth Vader, as part of the... uh, 501st Legion, and uh, so have done many charity events and stuff as Darth Vader, and, uh, you know, being that character for people, uh, it really, uh, really ingrains your love of the character, Uh, although uh, those costumes are so detailed and so expensive that uh, you probably had a pretty good love of the character before (laughs) you ever got to costume it. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a lot like marriage. Before you make that kind of investment, make sure you make sure you really you're in there. Um, you better be. Well, that's that's so awesome. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Five O First and doing what you do. Uh, we have a lot of respect for uh, the Five O First. Um, we've seen a lot firsthand of what kind of joy and excitement that they can bring. And uh, as soon as you mentioned specifically Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader, I was like, this has got to be Five O First because. Most people don't catch on that. <laughs> <laughs> to the fact there's any difference between any of their costumes. The, the things are so subtle and oh, yeah. so mul- multitude. Uh, you know, all the tiny little differences uh, that, you know, we pay attention to. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I would I would never... Uh, I would never... Uh, consider telling someone that I just cosplayed Darth Vader uh, because, uh, because there's some of the Vaders I don't actually uh, like those particular costumes like I'll look at a Vader and go eh, I don't really like the uh, Revenge of the Sith Vader I don't really like the way the, the lenses on the helmet are flat and 
you know. So there's all these little tiny crazy things that uh, nobody would care about uh, except somebody who's had to build the costumes. So. Well, yeah, that that's the that's the big thing is because that's when those really really little details and and that's what I like. Um, we explore YouTube, find all kinds of cool stuff out there, and one one thing we like to do is watch cosplay cosplayers create their things because kind of seeing them in the journey of creating them is pretty fantastic and and that's where you pick up those little cues of like oh i never would have known this was this material or this worked in that way or this was actually two pieces and not one or stuff like that it's really it's really interesting sure and uh i, I had to be a esb vader for me because that's that's vader in his prime mm -hmm. You know, that's, uh, that's Vader uh, at the height of his awesomeness. You know, he's dropping slacker naval officers like a DJ dropping beats. Uh, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing is going to get in his way uh, in that movie. I feel like A New Hope, Vader, is kind of a tired, beat-up Vader. He's like phoning it in, you know, you see that, <laughs> that original lightsaber duel. Uh, you know, and he's got the, the helmet is kind of dull and there's a lot of things in it. And then by the time he gets ESB Vader, he's just, uh, all awesome and everything's shiny and, you know, uh, and then by the time you get to, uh, uh Return of the Jedi, you know, he sort of had a change of heart Vader. And so I, I like Vader in, in the full glory of his evilness. Definitely. Now, kind of. A different question, kind of unexpected, but being in the five hundred first and being Vader, um, you know, it's it's very interesting how in the five hundred first most people cosplay Vader or Boba Fett or stormtroopers who are typically bad guys, um, but when you visit a hospital or when you when a kid walks up and sees you at some sort of event, you know, the, the kind of excitement and joy that comes from that. Like, what's, what's it like for you being inside the suit in those kinds of moments and seeing what Star Wars and these characters do uh, to kids and people um, with this kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, they're, they're, even though Vader is, you know, arguably one of, one of the biggest villains, you know, we've ever had on the screen. Uh, it, it does not affect people's excitement uh, at seeing him or love for the character or desire to hug the character or the adoration in the eyes of little children. And uh, and certainly, you know, on hospital visits and things, uh, there is no greater excitement uh, for these kids than seeing Vader. And it is some times challenging i cosplay uh a vader with a, a little bit of a sense of humor and so i usually you know i have uh, a voice synthesizer and so i can talk to people in the vader voice and you know i usually find something uh a little more lighthearted uh to say to them but that was a hospital visits in particular uh i really had to think hard about you know what kind of things can i say and be in character and yet still be uh, supportive and inspiring uh, to kids who are, you know, not having the best of it. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I mean, that it's so awesome um, that you and others uh, are there to do that sort of thing and kind of uh, be Star Wars to people. Um, so, sometimes that's the closest a lot of people get is 
is 501st folks that are out there um, doing their part. Some, you know, some never get to go to Disney and, and, or, or go to official events. And so 501st guys are kind of the Star Wars for a lot of people. So that's really, really awesome. All right. So how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came upon Star Wars and eventually combine that with your love of poetry? So, uh, I am uh, 51 years old and uh, retired a couple of years ago from uh, private practice as a veterinarian. And it was uh, when I left private practice that I first really started to explore my lifelong love of Star Wars. Because I had not a ton of uh, time or energy uh, to dedicate to it other than seeing the movies and such, but uh, immediately uh, upon leaving private practice, I started building a uh, Tusken Raider uh, costume uh, to troop with the 501st Legion, and so uh, I mentioned uh, earlier that my first uh, exposure to Star Wars came all the way back in 1977, and so uh, I had been following along. I was as big a Star Wars fan as, as any kid uh, growing up with the original trilogies uh, was, and certainly it factored large into uh, our uh, our life, our imaginary lives uh, as children, and then uh, it, uh, I was 10 uh, at the time, and then, uh, you know, I, I kept up with all of the movies over the years, but uh, really blossomed when I actually had some time uh, on my hand as an adult, and and so I started dedicating a lot of time to the 501st Legion, and then uh, it was only in the last year uh, that uh, my interest in poetry uh, was sparked. I had a uh, you know, I, I had an education where I had some exposure to poetry, as most of us do, but it wasn't something I spent a lot of time writing. And uh, I just kind of picked up an anthology on poetry one day in a used bookstore uh, and uh, started flipping through it and kind of got interested in the poems of Ash, who some of his most famous poems were very short, just a couple of lines, and humorous, and he wrote tons of them, and so I kind of uh, started there and got the idea I would like to do uh, some humorous poetry and maybe a, an Instagram page, and then very quickly realized that uh, Star Wars was where it's at, uh, having a, uh, a love of Star Wars and, it, and having so much to work with and having a built-in audience, uh, and also that being the sort of defined page that on Instagram tends to do better, you know, if you have just a general poetry page, it's harder for people to kind of know what to expect from you. If you're doing Star Wars poetry, uh, people know that, uh, you know, they can expect a particular thing from you, and uh, and I think that works better, at least on Instagram, with uh, pages. So. That's really awesome. Yeah. That, uh, you know, kind of... It figured, you know, having a long history with uh, Star Wars, but it's interesting that poetry's kind of just been more of a recent thing. Yeah, well, I had a, uh, a dad who uh, would write some poetry from time to time uh, throughout his uh, life, and as a kid growing up, you know, having him recite a poem about the family dog or 
something, you know, it just, it just was part of my childhood, and so it seemed like a very normal sort of thing growing up, and I think probably, you know, that may be where the seeds uh, were planted, uh, but uh, not never really did any significant poetry writing myself. As I said, I'm a very creative person, I was just putting my creativity in different directions, and so now... Uh, poetry uh, gets a pretty big chunk of it. So. That's really awesome. Well, and, that, and it's a really cool example how even if you're creative in one thing doesn't mean that you can't uh, discover new things and, and, and kind of uh, branch out uh, a little bit more. Because certainly um, cosplay uh, building is, is quite different than, um, you know, writing poems. But um, just kind of uh, exploring your, your interests um, that, you know, coming across that, that's really cool. Yeah, well, so uh, cosplay uh, building, when you're doing something like the 501st Legion, requires a ton of attention to detail and the ability to often tread where others have tread before you, whereas uh, I think creating new cosplay, unique cosplay that nobody has ever seen before, uh, you know, that that I find my creativity uh, a little more sparked when I'm uh, blazing a new cosplay trail. You know, I, I don't know uh, how aware you guys even are of this, but uh, my cosplay from Star Wars Celebration uh, in Chicago uh, garnered a ton of attention, and that was a cosplay that I built myself from the ground up, and so I cosplayed Octo, the island, and so I had porgs all over, and I looked like a giant rock, and the porgs were animatronic, and I had a puppet porg, and I had a plush porg on top of the island with little porglets, and uh, that cosplay uh, got an incredible amount of attention, and uh, Star Wars Twitter picked it up and featured it in a little video, uh, and it ended up getting, you know, 43,000 views and actually got more attention and likes than some of the stuff they were putting out that same day for the Mandalorian. And so, uh, you know, that was a cosplay that I just came up with the idea uh, about a year before when I knew I was definitely going and had the hotel reserved and everything. And I just kind of slowly worked it up step by step uh, from nothing. And, and that I felt really harness my creativity uh, a little bit more sometimes than I feel when I'm uh, treading uh, in the footsteps of uh, creating a cosplay that hundreds of other people have done before me, and I'm having to make sure that I do it exactly a certain way. And so. That's really awesome. And, and what's so funny is we were at Celebration, and we saw the cosplay and, and the commotion around it, and it was kind of one of those moments where it's like, we would have to dive in to a, a bunch of people to see, but we were like, oh my gosh, that's so different. Like, we, yeah. we, we saw so many, you know, kind of like you said, we saw a ton of Vaders, we saw a ton of Stormtroopers, and those are still really cool and still uh, get a lot of attention from us, but to see something like that, that definitely was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's clever, that's, that's unique, that's so awesome. That, and it's so funny that we passed, that we passed each other, kind of. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I think if you're uh, if you're at celebration 
uh, for the whole time. You probably pass almost everybody <laughs> at the convention at one time or another. If you knew all of them, you would recognize every single person that, uh, at some point. And so, but it, certainly I was hoping for, a, you know, I was hoping, as you put, a bunch of time and energy and expense into uh, a cosplay that um, it would be appreciated. But I, I had no expectation at all uh of the amount of appreciation there were times i would look around you know uh the rock itself was made from a shade cloth like you might put over a dog run or something that i painted to look like a rock so i could actually see out wonderfully compared to tuscan raider or darth vader or something i had a full <laughs> range of view which is an amazing luxury in cosplay uh at least in my experience and so, uh, I, and to see 20 people, you know, all taking pictures at the same time, and then uh, at one point, a uh, representative from Lucasfilm came up and said, hey, we'd like you to come downstairs with us. We got a, a photo studio set up, and we'd like to get some pictures of the costume. And, you know, so I was pretty excited about that as well. Uh, so, you know, way, way more than I had hoped for, uh, for sure. That is so awesome. Um, well, a little bit more back to uh, poetry. Um, sure. What What's the What's the writing process and inspiration like for for writing your poetry? Yeah, well, that's a great question because my page uh, at Star Wars Poetry uh, on Instagram and Facebook and at Star Wars Poet on uh, Twitter, uh, because it features posts that are actually, uh, these days, 100% collaborative, I work with a, a pool of professional Star Wars artists, uh, licensed Lucasfilm Star Wars artists that do uh, sketch cards for Topps trading cards, and so uh, these artists, about 23 or so of them at the current moment, uh, make artwork available to me to combine in these posts with my poems. So I'm showing in each day's post, and, you know, that brings up the point that I post daily on this account. So when I say now poetry takes up a lot more of my creative energy, uh, it's because I'm putting up a post uh, that I've created every single day, every weekday, wow. anyway. And so, uh, and that post will show a piece of original Star Wars artwork that was originally created for uh, a top sketch card, trading card. And then my poem featured alongside it. Uh, and that synergy of the art and the poem together, I really love. And that was not the way I was doing things when I originally started. I was just taking screen grabs from the movies and then overlaying the poem, uh, you know, over the appropriate uh, screen grab. And uh, it wasn't until uh, someone, uh, uh, an artist named uh, Danny Kidwell, uh, he kind of said, hey, he'd seen my poetry and he said, you should talk to some of these artists about uh, combining, you know, some of this art with your poetry. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know there was such a thing as Star Wars collectible trading cards. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he, through talking with him, uh, you know, he put me in contact with some other uh, Star Wars artists and very quickly, uh, you know, I started developing interest and, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a slog at first, 
getting hold of people and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing, and would you be interested in sharing some of your art? But uh, at this point, uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier to get people uh, to share our work. And so I actually, my process now is to uh, see artwork that these different talented people are doing and then say, oh, I, I, that really strikes the chord in me, or oh, that's so cool, or oh, I haven't done anything on that character that's a really interesting kind of obscure character or what have you just i see something in a piece of art and and that speaks to me and i'll I'll kind of grab a picture of that art and set it aside and then i look over the art and draw inspiration from it and then write the poetry from the artwork so originally i was writing the poems and then trying to find art that would fit with the poems and that's a lot harder i'll tell you uh you know you get you get the poems first uh, then you're really you gotta go out there and hunt and hunt to find the right artwork to go if you have the artwork first i can write a poem you know i'm pretty practiced at it at this point i have written no 75 original star wars poems i, I like to build myself as the preeminent Star Wars poet in the world currently, uh, and uh, I have just started uh, in the last few days the third series of poems that I am releasing daily of new uh, original work that I'm debuting, and that's going to put me well past a hundred original works of poetry, all Star Wars uh, focused, and so uh, so that's my process now, and I keep it limited to. Uh, keep it limited to short form poetry for the most part uh, limerick and haiku uh, and that way when someone sees it in a post they're not like uh, they're not committing uh, you know uh, a chunk of their day to appreciate my work Uh, they can glance at it in 10-15 seconds uh, they can get a chuckle or uh, a funny insight or what have you that's really awesome. That's I mean, and that's a that's a clever way to approach it for sure. And it's also clever, a clever way to distribute it. it I mean, uh, to, nowadays so much has to be digestible, um, and so that's a really great way to get that out there um, for folks sure. for sure. And, and it's business wise, uh, not that I sell anything, but uh, the uh, it allows co promotion between uh, the artists and myself. And so I'm bringing a poetry crowd who likes Star Wars to appreciate their specific uh, works of art. And uh, their uh, Star Wars art followers are maybe getting exposed uh, to some of my poetry through their sharing the work. And so uh, it's it, it helps on both sides uh, of the ledger, I think, uh, for for us to uh, build our following. So. Absolutely, and and that's part of like what like what we like to do is because creator supporting creators is is one of the uh, greatest ways uh, to really get things out there and create a, a a great community around a shared love of something uh, and whatnot. And you know that's what we certainly believe in. That's what. That's what this is right here, and 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 so um, see, knowing that you're doing that as well with uh, your work um, is pretty incredible, and especially since that art is always very fantastic. So that that accompanying piece is is really cool. Yeah, I I can't really. 
really say enough. And it all started, you know, because this guy uh, saw the poems and said, hey, you should, you know, you should think about doing this. And, uh, you know, if he hadn't taken a few minutes out of his day to share that idea, I would still be, um, you know, taking screen grabs and putting my poems over them. Uh, and, you know, that's that's the truest, I think, you know, Danny Kidwell in that case, that was the truest example of you know creatives uh lifting up other creatives because uh, there was really nothing in that for him uh and you know in all of this format that i use so successfully now really came from his idea and so that's so awesome yeah um well i know it's kind of like picking your favorite child out of a hundred but what has been your favorite poem so far uh, my favorite right now, uh, as of you asking, uh, is one that I uh, just uh, wrote in the last couple of weeks uh, about uh, uh, loath cats uh, taking over uh, a star destroyer. Uh, and so as a veterinarian, I, I have a love for uh, all of the aliens, but particularly the the uh, creatures uh, that maybe aren't quite as dramatically sentient as uh, you know some of the alien species. I mm-hmm. I like the animals of Star Wars, if you will, the loathed cats and the porgs and you know those kind of things. Uh, I just kind of gravitate to, and so yeah, that's really awesome. Well, and and um, do you have that piece? with you to share can we can we hear that piece uh absolutely absolutely and so uh the title is communique from the bridge of the star destroyer intolerance in orbit over lothal it comes to my attention i'm sad to admit some troopers are flouting the rules just a bit it's the matter of loath cats I'm talking about. Yes, I know that they're cute. That was never in doubt. The cooks are all scratching from waves of loath fleas, and the gunners can't shoot straight from their allergies. I get they're a fave of the cat-loving masses, but if Vader finds out, it is all of our asses. <laughs> the emperor's robes. What's this new irritation? Just shoot me now, a womp rat infestation? They are eating our rations and carrying plague. When I wasn't looking, one crawled up my leg. We need a solution, something we can do. Query all the computers and pull the whole crew. I'll admit to misjudging our lovely loath cats. It seems even the smallest spells death womp rats. I'll induct every loath cat into the empire. There are no better ratters for rent or for hire. That's so funny and so fantastic. Current favorite. Uh. (laughs) I love that so much. And and what's so funny is how visual it is the whole time. Because like I don't know if it's just me. Because I can see that the whole time. (laughs) It's just that's that was that's awesome. That is so awesome, Curtis. 
I can. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Uh, it breaks the mold a little bit uh, for my normal poetry. You can tell, having heard it, it's a, it's the longest thing that I have written, and it doesn't uh, lend itself as easily to a little square uh, post as uh, most of what I do. And so, neither does it share the uh, does it share the rhyme scheme and meter of. Uh, uh, most limerick or haiku, which I do. This is actually a type of poetry called anapestic tetrameter, which is a mouthful, but it mm. is the form of uh, meter that Dr. Seuss employed most often in his books and poems. And so I was sort of challenging myself to try to use that Dr. Seuss-style format uh, in a couple of recent poems uh, that can be found on the pages. One about the brand new uh, Disney live action uh, series, The Mandalorian, that I wrote was also done in this form. And then uh, even more recently, this particular one. So. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it definitely, it definitely, the feel of it does come across very Seuss-sousery. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You said a big fancy word. I'm trying to compete. I don't know. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, like uh, when we love, we we have two cats of our own, and we love uh, love cats. Uh, they are just the most adorable part, uh, next to porgs. Porgs are close, but definitely love cats. So um, that's <laughs> you'll fantastic. notice that uh, while I uh, researched and think that the uh, appropriate pronunciation is love cat because they refer to loath loves in rebels. Uh, I still, my personally, like when I'm talking to my family and friends, I say Lothcat. I prefer Lothcat, and I never rhyme with the word that is somewhat in debate in the Star Wars community, so that when someone reads my poem, it doesn't matter whether they say Loth <laughs> or Loth, uh, everything still rhymes out the way it's supposed to, and that, so that, you can take your pick. <laughs> yeah, that that's very clever, because uh, over the years, I've... I've I've discovered how many different pronunciations there are for different... I mean, every you would think something like Leia would be very established, but there's people yeah. that still say Leah, and it's just like... Yeah, that's right, and I just, uh, I just today, talk about timely, uh, I just debuted a poem uh, about the bounty hunter uh, uh, Bosch, or uh, Boosh, uh, depending yeah. on your pronunciation, and again, I never rhyme with the name uh, so that it doesn't matter how you read it in your head uh, the rhymes all work out uh, the same so. that's so funny yeah um, so what would you say to someone else out there with a passion or a hobby and a love of Star Wars who wants to do something with it yeah well so I think first of all uh, you if you want to do something public with it, uh, then you have to be prepared for it to be uh, a long slog, and you have to you have to love that thing, whether anybody else is loving it back or not, because uh, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of daily grind uh, to try and. Uh, build up the number of eyes that you get onto something that you're putting uh, heart and energy and time into. And there'll be times that uh, 
people won't appreciate what you're doing as much as you know they ought to. Uh, and so it's got you've got to be able to enjoy doing it for yourself, uh, first of all. Uh, otherwise, you know, it can uh, get discouraging. But there, is, there are so many people that you have access to that there is nothing Star Wars related that you might love that you can't find an audience for that will love it as well. I wrote a poem recently uh, about uh, gonk droids, you know, and I say in the caption, I often use in my poems the, the poem and the title and the art and the caption and the hashtags to put across the, the humor or the irony or what have you uh, that I'm trying to capture in the poem and I say in this poem caption for gonk droids that one of the things I love about the Star Wars fan community is that there are people out there who are just crazy about these walking batteries you know that that gives me uh, a smile and hope for the Star Wars fan base no matter how much divisiveness uh, sometimes uh, leaks in uh, is that there are people who just think these walking batteries are the greatest thing ever, uh, and how awesome is that? So, yeah, that I mean, wise words indeed, and, and and very true. I mean, if you don't love it, how can we expect anybody else to? Um, and also, just glad that we can agree that gunk droids are uh, just adorable and amazing. They're fantastic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've given up uh, trying to uh, foretell which of my poems uh, will land most dramatically uh, with my uh, Star Wars and poetry-loving uh, public. I will have something that I just can't stop smiling about because I think it, it is so amazing, and I will put it up, and you know, it will get a lukewarm <laughs> response, and then uh, I will put up something else that I think, like, oh, well, I was... You know, maybe I was phoning it in a little bit that day, uh, and and it will just garner a tremendous amount of excitement. Uh, and so you just can't know. So the other piece of advice I would have for somebody who's trying to do something creative uh, around anything they love, but, you know, Star Wars in particular, is you can't really judge your own work. Uh, you don't know what is going to be... Um, most beloved to uh, the people who see it. Uh, you know, if you have done your due diligence, you've, you've put the effort in, even if it doesn't seem spectacular to you, put it out there and and let the public decide. Uh, don't forejudge uh, your work or hold back on sharing something because you think maybe it's not up to snuff. Uh put it out there and, and, and let uh, like-minded fans decide for themselves. Very true. And, and I mean, and, and that it's very true too that, that in the Star Wars fandom and community, uh, there's people that love absolutely all kinds of different things. And so, um, n you know, when, whenever it's kind of intimidating thinking, am I going to have an audience? If, if you're going into the Star Wars community, definitely, because like you said, there's people that love monkey lizards there's people that love walking batteries there's people yeah. you know like it there's something for everybody in the star wars community so Absolutely. uh it, there's definitely people out there who will will love what you do um and i think we're all folks that if if anyone shows up to us with something 
that they love and are passionate about, hey, awesome. We'll high five you. We'll we'll encourage you. That's awesome. Yeah. So Yeah, I think that's that's the I mean that's that's what it's all about and that's the you know, that's the responsibility uh and the pleasure of every Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so uh, unfortunately, we don't have forever to record as fun as this conversation is. Um, but before we <laughs> before we do go, though, we want to make sure that our fans uh, and listeners can find you. So um, where on the social medias are you? I know you mentioned it again earlier, but just again for uh, everyone out there who may want to um, join you in your social media. Right. Uh, well, everyone is welcome. Uh, you know, Star Wars and poetry is a winning combination, so... You, you can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Facebook and Instagram at Star Wars Poetry, always Star Wars, always poetry, <laughs> always original work, posting daily. That's so awesome. And uh, luckily in this episode also um, you've heard Curtis before with some of his other um, pieces. Uh, those have been some of our transitions and, and interludes in this episode. So um, certainly go check Curtis out and his amazing work. Support him and uh, surely you will find a poem just for you and your love of whatever it is you have in there in Star Wars. So we highly recommend um, you check out Curtis over at Star Wars per Poetry. Um <laughs> Curtis, thank you so much for being here. So much fun. Thanks. Yeah, I've had a great time uh, as well. And uh, I really like uh, coming on uh, podcasts and getting to uh, talk with other Star Wars fans. But in particular, I'm sharing uh, my work uh, in a... Uh, in an opportunity where I can read it to people the way I, I hear it in my head when I write it. Uh, it. That doesn't always happen when someone reads your poetry. And so getting to actually share it uh, in sort of the ideal form, uh, I, I really appreciate that opportunity. Absolutely. And, and if we've learned anything, as much as this is about saying you know, hey, look at this awesome person and, and the awesome thing that they do. It's also fun for us just to have a conversation with someone else who loves Star Wars uh, in their own unique way. And so um, we we really appreciate that and getting to know you a lot more, too, for sure. Well, my pleasure. Thanks very much. Awesome. Well, uh, we will be back soon after an interlude, guys. Uh, but thanks again so much to Curtis and Star Wars Poetry. Make sure to check him out. Crystal Foxes. My fur tinkles and chimes like a belfry. If you want to escape, follow me. Well, you used to love Porg, now it's time to reorg. You might think that I'm mad, I'm just salty. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. So... We asked you guys a very popular question this week. Yeah, um, we appreciate when it blows up. Absolutely. Uh, we asked you guys in a conversation that we had, we had this question, uh, if you guys could spare or save one Star Wars character from dying, who would that character be? Yeah, so this is another one you guys just blew up, shared around, all that great stuff. Thank you mm -hmm. guys so much. Um as always, have to disclaimer, I try my best to get everybody in here. Um, 
if I can't get to everybody though, I hope I did leave you one on uh, a reply on the actual tweet. Um, but it's not personal. It's just there's so many of you with so many freaking good answers. It's uh, not personal. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's the pizza. I blame the pizza. Um, so, Ali said, uh, Kylo Ren excluded, she would save Obi-Wan. So, I assume that means she would save Kylo Ren or Obi-Wan. Um, Jim Caprone said, uh, Jim Caprone, sorry, uh, said he really wanted to say Jin, uh, but since her sacrifice was perfect, he'll say Tally because she was such a great pilot, uh, in the Battle of Dakar. Mm. Uh, Mr. Forrest also said Tally Lintra, um, and pretty much gave the same answer. She was just awesome in her appearance and just did not get enough and i absolutely agree um tally was really great and i would i would love a uh tally centered sort of squadron story give me that one-off comic marvel um <laughs> russo for you uh spelled v-i-r-r-u-s-o for number the number four you uh hey, said qui-gon uh no for qui-gon uh, because he probably could have prevented Anakin's turn to the dark side. Uh, and that one really got a lot of, uh, support. I remember, I know, um, Allie, uh, a different Allie, um, also agreed with that one. Uh, and that's very true. Qui-Gon not dying probably would have done a lot of things different. Hmm. Um, I also wanted to mention, um, and that's why I spelled out, uh, their name, because you can find them on Twitter. They're doing commissions, and they are absolutely dope at art um and you can check out all the stuff they do and i highly recommend you do because if you want some art their commissions are open so that is again b-i-r-r-u-s-o number four u so uh check them out on twitter and such because yeah they're a really good artist that is taking yeah. commissions and i want a commission of a duck <laughs> uh let me guess it has it's where's the sailor costume no, it's an actual duck in a sailor costume, not Donald Duck. <laughs> that would not fit. Um, That's Eric, the point. <laughs> yeah. Eric Eilson, uh said, Padme, uh, seeing her story continue and being part of the Rebellion would have been great. Uh, Jesse at Game Infinite also said Padme. She could have fled with the twins and maybe Vader could have been redeemed sooner. Hmm. Uh, Darth Von Owen, Austin H. also said, uh, by the way, Dar Darth Von Owen and Austin H., sorry, uh, also said Padme. Um, I liked seeing the love for this. I wasn't sure if this would get, if she, if Padme would be on here much. Uh, it is very interesting to think what would have happened if she had survived. Maybe that can be something someone presents in a Q&A sometime. Maybe. Um, but it's very interesting. As one with force said, no one really because of the bigger story, uh, but maybe Luke, Padme, or Anakin. Yeah. A lot of Anakin, Luke, and Padme popped up for this one. And I, I love the logic brain ones that are like, eh, it would all mess up the whole system. Um, I'm right there with you. I think about that a lot of, like, how, if, how would Star Wars change uh, if certain people don't die? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of that, so I don't pick the big people. And that's why we don't get paid by Disney. Exactly. Uh, Megan Rickards said, Kanan, uh, his story ended beautifully, but she still misses him. I absolutely agree. Soul Nova Alizarak and Hybrid Gamer also said Kanan. Uh, Mech Zero, Jazzy Tie Fighter, Jobby King, Indian Cognito, Club Star Wars, all said Luke Skywalker. Uh, following the Nerd and Tyler Shipley both said Han. Uh, Eden Gray, Ignite Unite, uh, said Maul. The only one to mention Maul. Not 
So thank you, Eden, for that. Uh, Thomas Ramey and Cullet Couple said Plo Koon. Uh, Brandon said Porkins. Awesome, thank you, because Porkins is actually a really cool dude. Gets a bad rap just because he's a little bigger than everybody else. Uh, yeah, read those Rogue Squadron books, guys. Get the backstory on that. Porkins is a hero. Uh, Hans said Boba Fett. The only Boba Fett mentioned. Wow. Uh, I appreciated that. Thank you for validating my interests. Um, my Cree name is... Hearth Rongar the Confirmer. I hope I said that right. Uh, if not, I don't speak Cree. So That's don't Rothgard. Judge me. Roth, 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 Rothgar. Rothgar? Rothgar? Oh, that so is, the H is silent. Yes. That is High Rothgar from Skyrim. Thank you. I played that game My over a hundred games. is Rothgar the Confirmer. So is it a Skyrim reference or is it a Marvel reference? It's... It's a Skyrim Marvel reference, I Tell guess. Tell me on Twitter. Is it, uh, is it a Marvel reference, a Skyrim reference, or both? Uh, anyway, Rothgar the Confirmer said uh, Shmi Skywalker. Ah. This also got a lot of love from a few others um, in terms of how the universe would be different with uh, them around. So Qui-Gon and Shmi are the universe savers. That's why they died. They'd be the one to hit Anakin with a shoe. Right. Uh, CT555 said Ayla Sakura because he she is their favorite Jedi. Heck um, yeah, fives. Very cool, yeah. And I mentioned the Order 66 stuff uh, comics and books because they actually deal with a little bit of that and I'm not going to spoil it because I highly recommend you read it. It is Legends but it's super emotional. Um, Boba but not that Boba uh, at BD, BDS Boba 66. Uh, they said uh, that one clone from the Clone Wars movie who punched a droid but then died. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I love this answer because if anybody deserves a second chance it's the guy that just thought punching a droid was the solution. Uh, I love this. That's, that was probably my favorite answer. Adrenaline, baby. I love everybody, but that was probably my favorite answer. <laughs> uh, and the lone gamesman said the answer everyone should have said, and this should make all of you feel bad for not thinking of it. They said the Younglings Anakin Guild. Because who better and who more deserving of life than children? Come on, guys. They no. would have grown up to be even worse Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> there's no right or wrong answers. There's just answers. Um, so thank you for everybody that gave answers. Uh, the fun ones, the crazy ones, the thoughtful ones, all that stuff. It's very interesting yes. seeing how people's brain works when presented with this question. So, And yeah. by the way... There are no right answers, only Zool. You guys do not know how hard it was to find the gift that I used for that Q&A tweet. What did you use? It was so freaking annoying to find that tweet, because I specifically had that one in mind of uh, when Palpatine's talking about Plagueis. Yes. I could not find it for the life of me. I had to dig through just the the realms of the internet to find that thing. <laughs> I've seen things, uh, but I found it. Is that why you were passed made, out on the floor? Yeah, it made the tweet better for it, so thank Good. you guys. Keep an eye out for the next uh, next one um, going out there sometime soon, and hopefully it's as popular as this one. Uh, but our answers, Megan, who, if you could, would you save? And this is totally going to blow everyone away because no one else is going to be able to guess You know this. my answer. Obviously. You know my answer. Salacious crumb. <laughs> oh, my crummy boy. <laughs> my son. My son crumb. No. Um, Maul. Obviously, yeah. You know this. Not a surprise there. If he could have just, like, ran away and just continued his criminal empire in peace. <laughs> if you would have just stayed illegal. If you would have just stayed away. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he could have been the new job of the hut, man. Battle husband. Um... That would have been, that'd be interesting. That would have been sick. That would have been an interesting storyline where, like, 
former Sith becomes new crime lord, like, that would have been pretty cool. Like, he outlived the Jedi, the Empire, all that crap. Even yeah. Jabba the Hutt. And now he rules with a tattooed thumb. Because uh, I just have to assume his, tattoo yeah. his thumbs are tattooed as well. Without a shirt. Right. Uh, always without a shirt. Um, I'm staring at our little mall plushie right now, who is right next to my plushie, Snubble. He's just so happy. He's just so happy. He's so happy. <laughs> um, golly, guys. I, I am... You've told me this answer This is a few what times. happens. I ask the questions, but then I do not think of them again until I am presented with the question. Really? Yeah. <laughs> My brain's thought, always fresh. I would have thought you had the same answer as you did a while ago. Uh, what was you, my answer a while ago? You Both told fed? me once that you would you wished that Qui-Gon had survived a little bit longer. Uh well oh my gosh, that's a big thing though. <laughs> that's that's I wouldn't have spared him from death though. I mean I would have still wanted him to die. <laughs> that boy gotta die. But like <laughs> But but later, like Yeah. I mean maybe that's we can do an episode where we sit and talk fan theories of that kind of nature in terms of like if you could what would your story be stuff? Let us know if you'd be interested in that because I could talk for a while. Um I do have that, but I mean, in terms of just utter either I prevent you from dying or I save you from the death you received. Do you think Savage's story would have been different if Farrell had survived? No. No? There's no way he would have. I mean, being under the control, Savage didn't think, didn't realize. I mean, he probably didn't even realize he did what he did. I don't even know, I, you know. Do you think he would have taken Feral with him and they went on brother adventures all throughout Feral, the galaxy? Feral would have, no, Feral would have probably gotten himself into some, yeah. he would have been able to keep up. probably kill Feral. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um. Because Mercy's alive. I mean, you know, it's probably a safe bet, but I would say Boba Fett. Yeah, because that's still canon, unfortunately. Well, it's, a bl it's, um. Uh, it's foggy. It's not like canon that he is dead. because I mean, it's ambiguous. We, yes. I mean, they keep hinting like, eh, maybe, is he? You know, I don't know. But they also won't be like, he, I don't know, Boba who? What now? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's such a weird place in the canon where they're just not talking about it. Um, my thing, I'm one of the logical thinkers in terms of like, without changing the greater narrative of the story, Boba Fett living through the Sarlacc and stuff, that doesn't oh. change anything. If you ask Daniel Logan. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, if Boba Fett crawled out of the Sarlacc afterwards, like, that doesn't, that doesn't change the big story. He would have been so peeved. Yeah. But the, we still get Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. I mean, True. probably after that he might show up and hunt down Han and, and whatnot, but the story we got does, doesn't change. So yeah. in my logic brain, I'm saying that in my absolute wish fulfillment, um, Shmi Skywalker, because every son just deserves to be happy with his mom. Um. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, thanks for the feels. Oh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just answering. Yeah. Anyway, um, and you guys also send us, uh, answers every now and then. Uh. Well, you send us questions, you too. You could, you could, uh, did I, what did I say? Did you I say, said answers. I did say, oh, questions, sorry. Um. Not gonna lie, you guys could do that more. Totally. Honestly. Hit us up with some questions, guys. Get us those weird ones, those juicy ones, those those big nibbly bit ones. Those tasty, tasty porgs. Let it let us nibble on those cues, man. 
Um, <laughs> Disgusting. We, we just have hungry, hungry A's for your cues. Ew. <laughs> Please phrase that a different way. Please. <laughs> it's out there. It's in the internet now. Deal with it. Shut it down. Uh, Bill Jedi, Gates. Jedi Clampant. Jedi, Jedi Clampant. Oh my gosh. I just got this. I'm going to clamp you. No. Jedi. Jedi. What's, what's the Carrera's son's name? They call him Jedi. What's his name? Jedediah. Right. Jedediah Clampett. Beverly Hillbillies. Oh my gosh, that is the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. That is amazing. <laughs> if that's your actual name, you are my best friend now. Oh, I just got a notification from Sam Whitwer. Hordes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign. He's playing Days Gone. Um, Jedi Clampett asked, what do porgs taste like? Why is everybody obsessed with what Look, Star okay. Wars people and animals taste like? Listen, dog. <laughs> so... Oh. Who, who watches? Come around to the campfire. Who watches Mama. these movies and is like, oh, I wonder what that tastes like. I want to bite it. <laughs> you can't uh, see, but I'm raising my hand very high in the air. Oh my goodness! Well, you, so, okay. So okay. the expert on on, I you know, I, I bit that once. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm imagining pork. I'm not gonna answer fully. I'm going to say how I would prepare a pork. <laughs> and at the end, we're gonna try and sell you our Star Wars cookbook. First, for you, only twenty nine payments of nineteen ninety nine. You don't seem, they don't seem to have very many, uh, feathers. They seem to have a light peach fuzz on them, which will burn off during cooking. Let's be honest. You just, like, lemon juice. You put that in, like, a, a juice of a lemon. Rosemary. Cayenne pepper. Paprika. Garlic. Rub that boy down. Dead, of course. And gutted. Um... Put that boy in the oven for three fifty for an hour. Ooh, ooh, that would taste delicious. Tastes like quail, guys. That's, Let's be honest. That's how I prepare chicken. Tastes like quail. Uh, there you go. Uh, I hope it's all you. Ex- all you I hope roast. it's all you ever dreamed, Jedi. Clamp it. Or just like, um, man, smoke that boy with you, some dry rubs. You too can own uh, these. Just. Amazing, or, amazing recipes. Watch us cook. Th- watch us cook through the Star oh, yeah. Wars cookbook yes. on Twitch. <laughs> a, a Galaxy's a Galaxy's Edge cookbook is coming, guys, yeah. and we are totally going to do a cooking night stream, <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there you go. I hope it's all you ever dreamed, Jedi Clampett. Uh, if not, uh, you can't have your money back. Aww. So, uh, do you think they would taste like pork? They taste like quail. It's the most associatable live bird that they can be compared to, other than the bird they're, they're actually based off of. Fat like, to be able to fly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Porgs are based off of actual birds that yeah. were flying around the island where they were filming the scene. Which I'd imagine were puffins. Uh, I think so, actually. Um, Which, if you they knew, they were yeah. too lazy to edit them out, so they basically just said, "Hey, well, let's make." fake things that represent them so we don't have yeah. to edit out every flying bird. Do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and look up, uh, like, puffins being released into the wild. Because they straight up just yeet that bird into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. Uh, and I have to imagine porgs are very similar. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, again, we will be putting out this week's Q&A, and hopefully it is as awesome and popular as that one. Make yeah. sure, if you've got questions as well, 
Uh, obviously, nothing is outside of our wheelhouse. So send it to us. We will answer it, and we will uh, regret it afterwards. I, but Yeah. Uh, for us, that's it for the show. As far as major announcements, I don't think there really is any other than that. Everything's happening uh, at once, and it's crazy but amazing. And so uh, look for our regularly scheduled things. We will be back. Oh, my gosh, guys. Tune into the Clone Wars rewatch this Friday. It's going to be amazing. Um, I hate everything. And so, but other than that, I mean, yeah, next week, Alphabet Squad's out, but we're moving that week, so just lots happening, guys. Uh, but uh, make sure that you're connected to our Twitter and Facebook for all the details on that, all the updates, all the postings, all that good stuff, and make sure that you're connected with us everywhere else possible, like our Twitch, like our YouTube. Um and check out our Patreon page because uh, we work hard to make this show and to deliver it to you. And if you would like to support the making of it in the future, if you would like to come alongside and help the making of it in the future, uh, or if you just think we're awesome and deserve it or want to send our cats to college, whatever your reason, uh, we would like your money. Um, so check out our Patreon page uh, for ways that you can support the show, but also get rewarded and also come alongside and I really mean like if you check out our tiers we have ways where you can help us make the show yes um, and I'm not saying we pawn off work on you I'm saying you give us ideas you help write scripts all this other cool stuff so you're not just supporting the show with your finances but you're also becoming a part of the show uh, it's going to be awesome and we hope you would take up the offer so check out our Patreon page for that we've also got a, a ton of other bonus cool stuff um, that we do on there, so uh, we just put up a new Patreon-exclusive uh, bonus episode. Uh, we also uh, just put up a new episode over on our YouTube channel, 10 Things We Love About A New Hope, so make sure you check that out. All that good stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, we love you. Thank you for being on the other side of this microphone. Thank you for putting up with our weirdness. Uh, hope you have a great day, great week, great life. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Or at if, least in your ears. If you want my eternal love, draw me a picture of a duck wearing a cowboy hat. There you go. It's that easy, folks. It's just that uh, easy. Until the next time, though, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your cowboy hatless duck, Megan. Stay scruffy, guys, and may the force be with you. Feel sad for him, because he has to live with me. <laughs>